is it okay for me to say that Nolan Ryan acted a little bit like an overdramatic teenage girl? <laughs> I will say this. You, you can take it to the next level. You can say he acted like a fully grown woman who was going through menopause, having hot flashes and body cramps, and like hated the whole world. Because that's what this whole thing has been. It's been a fiasco of... Un- unnecessary drama. Here's the deal. I'm not going to say anything bad about Nolan Ryan, just in case the one in a million chance he hears this, drives to my house, puts me in a headlock, and begins punching my face. I think at this time, Joel, I'm not sure you could outrun a ton of people right now in this world. I think you could outrun Nolan Ryan right now. He's old. I mean, he could still beat up Robin Ventura because Robin Ventura has aged as well. But I think you could take Nolan Ryan. And you could definitely take Jackie Moore, who was also a source of this ridiculous drama over the last week. Yeah, I, I like read like two sentences about the story and kind of was like, okay, Nolan's out. Thanks for Because making, you're, thanks you're for a youth pastor. You night. hear stupid drama all the time. Yeah, but like it's also... I mean, if it was the Braves, it would be a different story. But it's the Rangers, so it's just kind of like my secondary team. I just kind of follow them. So I just didn't really... It's like, oh no. I don't even not. know what the Braves' equivalent would be to this, like of of ownership getting all butthurt and 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 freaking out about really stupid stuff. Like, would it be Hank Aaron coming into the into the ownership office and then like freaking out at the general manager and then going and and being a baby to the media? Like that's been the most annoying thing is not that Nolan Ryan's gone. I mean, I love Nolan Ryan. He's one of my all. He would be on my Mount Rushmore of all-time favorite players. But the fact that the he left in the cloud of such dumb drama and causing like a firestorm of chaos is annoying to me. I'm not sure we'll ever really know exactly what happened or or what was said. But in my head, I like to imagine that every time he went to a meeting with his managerial staff or whatever, his front office staff, they wouldn't stop making fun of him for that commercial where he had like a hundred hot dogs on one grill. <laughs> and he just got so angry and couldn't take the jokes. So he left. That's what I imagined. I want that to be true so bad. It's not, but I want it to be. That's Shall right. we talk about sports? Hey, okay, but hey, one last thing about Nolan Ryan. Let's not forget that he's on two of our group of friends most hated he played for two of our most hated sports teams which are the angels and the new york mets that's true he did so so we can love him and hate him at the same time absolutely all right dude let's talk about sports So uh, Josh isn't here today, so it's just three of us. Um, I think that we should include in the podcast today lots of funny Josh jokes, since he's not here to defend himself. You want to you want to introduce us, Joel? Like who who is with you today yeah, sure. on the podcast? Uh, today, Josh is gone today. Joining me on the Google Hangout Plus, I don't even know. We should come up with a shorter name for this. <laughs> on the on the GH Plus line 
God, that's still even worse. Anyways, joining me is uh, Jeffrey Turner, um, joining us live from Abilene, Texas, um, and from uh, Boohooville, Texas. It's uh, it's Jordan, Jordan. Is it Zymer? Is it Jordan Zymer? Listen, I live in the sprawling metropolis of Bryan, <laughs> just north of the beautiful border of the holy land that is College Station. <laughs> the holy land. That's greatness. It's wrong, but it's great. There, there do seem to be some holes in it this week. <laughs> and mostly on the defensive line. Yeah, but we'll, get there. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute. I'll, I don't have anything else really to say about the Nolan JD nonsense has gone on. I will just say this. I think that the fact that all this played out in the media is really dumb, and there's a lot. I mean, I'm not even going to remotely say that I'm connected enough to have a, a very informed opinion. I can say this. If I've got to choose between Nolan Ryan and John Daniels to run my team for the next five years, it dang sure ain't going to be Nolan Ryan. And I love Nolan Ryan, and I think he was pivotal in getting the Rangers to the opportunity that they had to to be a relevant franchise with a big payroll and lots of people coming. But I think now they're there. And that role that he played, while it was important, is a lot less important now. So if I've got to choose between one or the other, Nolan, thanks for beating up Rob Ventura. Thanks for all the memories. Don't let the door hit you on your way out. So and you... let us keep serving your hot dogs on Wednesdays. For a dollar. <laughs> for a dollar. Hey, so I, would I, agree. I would agree with that take, I think Nolan was, you know, really key to the Rangers kind of kicking the door open to being contenders, not just in, in AL West, but in, in all of baseball. And so I think what he did for the team can never be forgotten, not just his contributions on the field, but in the front office. That said, look, there's a reason why people love to crap on the Cowboys for all of Jerry Jones' drama. And and as much as I love the Cowboys, I'm a firm believer that they don't get to where they want to be because of, in, in part, because of Jerry Jones' refusal to stay out of the media drama. And, you know, whether you want to say, oh, it's all decided on the field or not, I think these these organizations are organizations that have front offices for a reason. They're very much part of the process. And I, I think so. So I would just venture to say that John Daniels would, would probably say what was happening with Nolan Ryan in the media was unacceptable for the Rangers. And I would agree with him there. So, as, again, as much as I love Nolan Ryan for what he did on the field and off the field in the past few years, the, the nonsense with the media had to stop. So Okay. First of all, I don't. Like, I don't know if it's a fair comparison to say that he's like Jerry Jones. I mean, right now, I would take, as is, I would take Nolan Ryan over Jerry Jones as the Cowboys owner and general manager. I want to see that fight. I want to see Nolan fight Jerry. He would break like, We're talking about people that would fight. Punch. I want to see that one. Yeah, well, you know, Jerry did say recently that he has, you know, he's like 71 or something like that. He said recently he did, an, he did a CAT scan and was told that he had the the mind of a 30-year-old, so <laughs> maybe he could outthink Nolan or something. I don't know. But... He also has the face of somebody who's had, like, 30 plastic surgeries, which is pretty haunting. He could be in his own haunted house. It, I mean, it, it, me out. eventually his facial skin is just going to stretch so far back that his face is, like, on the back of his head or something. I don't physically, know. He's stretching. Physically, he's the male equivalent of, like, Joan Rivers. 
Oh, absolutely. He actually kind of looks like Joan Rivers. Now, I, I will say that I've defended Jerry Jones in the past because I think, and again, this is up for debate. I understand that. I believe that he is one of the best owners in North American sports. He's taken a franchise and, and, and managed to keep it relevant off the field, yes, for a long time, but managed to keep it relevant for a very long time to where the Cowboys are still, even in TV polling, the most popular team in the NFL. Now, that is to say nothing of his skill as a GM, which is highly debatable. But I, I think he's I think he's an excellent owner, and so I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult comparison, I guess. But good owner, like a a laughing stock clown posse of a general manager. Yeah, what I was more talking about was the media drama that Jerry engages in. The one thing that I think causes him to stumble more than anything else is the fact that he cannot shut up when the media sticks a microphone in his face. And he causes so much drama that's unnecessary. And that's what is unacceptable to Nolan Ryan. Of course, Jerry is the GM, so it's not like a GM can step in and say, you're being unacceptably dramatic because he loves that. So... So basically what you're saying is that Jerry Jones is what Lane Kiffin is going to be in the future if he ever owned, like, the Dallas Cowboys. Is Lane Kiffin that dramatic? Oh, my God. When he's in front of the media. I'm not sure Lane Kiffin's that intelligent. Awful. Lane Kiffin is an idiot when he gets in front of cameras. We could play clips of Jerry Jones talking for five minutes and then at the end go, so what did Jerry just say? And I guarantee you none of us would know. It's like that would be a great game. A great game for the podcast would be what is Jerry trying All right, to say? Let's put it on the docket. Hey, speaking of the NFL, this week a guy that we all know and and really is an awesome dude got to start in the NFL. And that's really, really cool. Uh Case Keenum, he was a he was a small group leader for me. Uh in my youth ministry, he actually led with Joel. Um, he started for the Texans this week against the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs and honestly played about as good as he could in that environment. So, I mean, I was I was stinking proud of Case. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, too bad he's never going to be on the podcast because Jordan said all the mean things about the Houston teams last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I, I want to talk about as it relates to Case is his his box score? Uh, I want to read this box score to you because it's honestly, in my opinion, for a guy making his co- coming from a spread system to his first NFL start, this is insane. Fifteen completions and twenty five attempts for two hundred seventy five two hundred seventy one yards, ten point eight yards per attempt, one touchdown, no interceptions, with a rating of um, one hundred and ten point six. And some irony, that's a higher rating in Case's one start than Matt Schaub had for the Texans all year long. Yeah, it, it really was an incredibly impressive performance. I don't think anybody saw it coming. And for me, if you're the Texans, you've got to start him again. I, he showed far more to me than, than TJ Yates did in his start a couple of weeks ago. And I just don't know. I mean... 
for me, the entire game evaluation could be made on his touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it was gorgeous. Threw it right over the top of the defense, perfectly placed right on the back of the end zone. I mean, I, I don't know how you could ask for a better debut against maybe the best defense in football. It was incredible. I mean, the only and and oh, go ahead. So the, sorry, Joel. The only real blemish to his start was how the game ended for him, which is frustrating, but really not even his fault. I mean, his O line broke down and he got hit while he's trying to pass the ball and he fumbles. I mean, you need you gotta have protection, but it, it kind of looks bad on him that oh, your last play on the drive that was supposed to be your game winning drive, you fumbled the football. So the but in the second half, they're essentially playing like without a running back. Arian Foster got hurt, and they were left with Ben Tate, who was struggling to run. They couldn't run. I mean, it was like a rookie quarterback without a running game. Hey, let me throw you to the Wolves in Kansas City, which is one of the hardest places to play with one of the best defense defenses. I mean, it was a tough thing, and he did like about as good as you could have expected. Well, ab- absolutely, right? he did. I mean, in but I mean, the statistics are going to show that he fumbled the ball, not that his O line broke down. Which is really, if anybody watched the game, you can see that. I mean, he just gets pummeled. And it's not his yeah. fault that his protection wasn't there. Well, of course, and remember, remember who was making the play. I mean, Tom Bahali is for the for the Chiefs is one of the best, um, it, it, one of the best pass rushers in the game right now. The Chiefs as a team, I think I saw the statistic yesterday. The Chiefs have thirty five sacks on the season, or something insane like that. I mean, to put that in comparison, the New York Giants who are admittedly having a horrible year. But their <laughs> their vaunted defensive line only has seven sacks. So so what what I, I don't think you can necessarily blame Case for the way the game ended either, especially because if you watch the play, Tom Bahali basically doesn't get touched and smashes him. Um, and, and so it's a horrible ending to the game, but his overall performance was incredibly impressive. The game before the game before Case, uh, they they played like a three twenty five game or whatever. I turned on the Cowboys Eagles game, and I'm not, I've been a Cowboys fan longer than I've been anything else. And that game was so terrifyingly boring that I took a fantastic nap the whole second half of that game, because that game was horribly boring. Actually, somebody had to tell me that that the Eagles brought in a USC quarterback, and he proceeded to then throw like three interceptions right in a row. Uh, that game was horribly bo- – I mean, the Eagles are a dumpster fire. Actually, the NFC East in general is just a dumpster fire of a team, of a league. I mean, you got the, the Eagles who are terrible. You have the Giants who are terrible. You have the dog who's over here in my backyard and won't shut up talking. I may have to go just, you know, give it some meat to when shut did they, up. When did they add him to, the, to, the, to that division? When did they add that dog to that division? You know what? That dog could play better O line than the Giants can right now. They're, they, I mean, they're the worst team I've seen in a long time. That's not named the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they're, they're. So, so here are the division standings right now. Just to read them off to you. So the Cowboys are in first at four and three. Then you got Philly at three and four, Washington at two and four, and the Giants are one and six, which means you know that they're cooked for the season. And um, none of those teams have actually looked that good. Like the like the Eagles at three and four is like, hey, we're having a decent year because they've looked terrible. Yeah, the the um the the Eagles, you know, they're in a really interesting team because they came in to the Cowboys game with 
one of, if not the worst, defenses in the NFL and a top-five offense. So I, I think the encouraging thing, what was weird is the encouraging thing for the Cowboys was they held a top-five offense to only three points, but then could only muster 17 points against a horrible defense. So, again, I, yeah, I, I think it's a very mediocre division overall, but I think in a down year, Dallas has the most top-tier talent, and they'll wind up winning the division. At least that's what I think is going to happen. So other, That's like the ugly – oh, go ahead, Joe. I was just I was going to move on past this topic. Sure. I was just going to say that other quarterback news this week, like, like how sad were y'all for Peyton Manning just kind of getting shown up at, in Indianapolis? I was really hoping he'd go in there and just – Smoke him on the mouth. I, I, I'm not as much as I think Jim Irsay is it, it can be a a stupid loudmouth, particularly on Twitter. I mean, we need to talk about that in a minute. Go ahead and go on, but we need to go back to Jim Irsay being a pompous like windbag. Yeah, I, I kind of felt really crappy for Andrew Luck. This is a guy who gets drafted first overall. He's expected to take over the organization and lead them back to greatness which it looks like he's going to wind up doing eventually and he walks in and what happens to start this prime time game that everyone in america is watching is a tribute video to the other guy who's now playing for a different team and everyone applauds him and he gets a standing i mean i get peyton manning's career i get that but it seemed to me that between jim ursay making it all about peyton manning and getting in a tiff with him on twitter or wherever and then the colts weirdly going the other direction and celebrating him when he walked in. I felt like the guy who got left out of all that was Andrew Luck, and I think that kind of sucks. Well, Just, Andrew Luck proved himself, though. He won the football game. Well, absolutely. Of course he did. And against, so for me, that's what I was going to say. shattering Peyton Manning. It, 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 that's what I was going to say. Is I, get, I get the whole I wish Peyton had won. I don't know. For me, I was okay with Andrew Luck winning that game and kind of being, you know, as kind of a way to say, come on now, you know, where's the respect for, for me? I mean, essentially, that, I was okay. that would be like when Jordan was playing for the Wizards, going back to the Bulls, them doing a massive tribute to him. But they should have done. I mean, that, they should have done a massive tribute to him. He was the Bulls. Just like, I mean, I understand why they did. I I get what you're saying, Jordan. I understand like feeling for for Andrew Luck and his like horribly ugly face. And he's playing in Indy, so that's rough. I mean, you got to play in Indianapolis. You got to live in Indianapolis. But I and I'm fine with him them winning that game. If they meet in the playoffs, I want Peyton Manning to beat that team like a hundred to nothing because Jim Ursay is such a pompous windbag. And what a jerk for coming out the week of this game and saying that he thinks Peyton Manning is all well and good, but they could only win one Super Bowl. And you got you got Tom Brady winning all these Super Bowls and Eli winning all these Super Bowls. I mean, what, a, what an idiot. You had one of the best quarterbacks of all time play for your team, and you say, we could only win one Super Bowl while he was here, and then you list off how terrible you were in the playoffs. They weren't terrible in the playoffs because Peyton Manning was bad. They were terrible in the playoffs because Peyton Manning didn't have a defense, and it was basically Peyton Manning against the world. And yeah. Jim Mercer is just an idiot for the week of this game coming out and trashing Peyton, and then, like, I'm going to put a Band-Aid over it, and so we're going to do this stupid tribute that no one really cares about. Before the game, it was dumb, and and it made Jim Ursay look like an idiot. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think the mixed message, the worst part was the mixed messages on the part of the Colts. I think, I think, by the time the game started, 
the PR damage had already been done by Jim Irsay, which he does frequently. I think they should have left it alone because I agree with you. Part of the re- and part of the reason I, I feel frustration for Andrew Luck is how totally cheap that celebration of Peyton Manning seemed at the beginning of the game. That's just oh, my opinion. I agree. I agree. When so. Peyton retires, when Peyton retires, you bring him back to Indianapolis and you do a big old thing for him as as one of the Colts' all-time greatest players. But in the while he's still playing, you don't do that. And it felt it was weird. I mean, it just was really weird. But more than that, it was even more weird because of all that Jim Ursay said before the game started. I mean, the whole week leading up to it, he trashed Peyton Manning as the quarterback who couldn't take him to everything. And you know what? You're putting a pretty high mantle of responsibility on Andrew Luck to say, hey, the guy before you, he set all sorts of records, and he was incredible, and all he could win was one Super Bowl, be better. It's unrealistic. It, it not many not many quarterbacks win a ton of Super Bowls. It's hard to do. Yeah. And, and, and I would also say, too, that Ursay may try to rationalize it by saying, oh, this was a show of support for Andrew Luck, but I'm a big believer that you don't you don't support the leader of your team by trashing the guy who used to be the leader of your team. That doesn't even make sense. Well, I mean, and in spite of all of that, him trashing the guy who made his team relevant again, it's just kind of not nice. Right? Right, the Colts had been pretty terrible since they moved from Baltimore. I mean, they had not been good. And then they bring them to Indianapolis. They, they're not good for a while. I mean, they're so bad that they get they get to draft Peyton Manning. And he brings them back to relevancy and then has some pretty unreal numbers. And then you're like, oh, that, that guy, I mean, he led us to a Super Bowl. But really, he was terrible. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on, Jim Say Be better. Agreed. So, uh... That's not the only football that happened this weekend. Yes, other football things happened. Um, Jordan, do you need a hug? I'll hug you if you need a hug. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Joel, you want to lead us in to um, this next? Yeah, I'm just – I was – you know, there are times in life where you just don't know what to do. You're just really conflicted in life. And Saturday was one of those days for me. Um, for those of you who, who – aren't sports fans, but then again, I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast. Uh, Auburn played uh, A&M, Texas A&M University, and uh, and so I'm watching this game knowing that if A&M loses, it helps Alabama in the, in the SEC standings, but I can't really want Auburn to win because, well, pretty much they're the worst thing in all existence, ever. <laughs> Man, that's that's high marks. I mean, I'll say during this whole A and M Auburn game, me and Joel and Jordan texted back and forth, and I would venture to guess that there was upwards of two hundred texts, and that included Jordan being at the game. Yeah. So I mean, we were all we were all pretty invested in. We we all wanted an outcome of this game. Jordan wanted Jordan wanted A and M to win. I wanted A and M to lose. Joel didn't know what he wanted. I wanted a meteorite so, to strike the field, and Jordan be the only one who made it out. <laughs> well, what's up with you? You're going to let Jordan's wife go by the wayside? Come on. Son. Oh, is she at the game? My bad. I'm sorry. I want everyone to get out alive, but them to be out unscathed. I. It was a weird. I mean, I will say this. It was a weird game. So the game comes down to 
You get Johnny Manziel. I mean, they've they've gone back and forth. A and M's ahead. You get Johnny Manziel. He gets a. Who knows at this point what actually was wrong? It. He was hurt. He misses a series. In the series that he missed, the backup quarterback comes in. They go three and out. I mean, the, well, the backup quarterback. I mean, comes in and they only get a field goal in a situation that if Johnny Manziel's in the game, they score a touchdown. Then the next time they get the ball, they go three and out. And then Auburn goes and scores a touchdown. Auburn ends up winning the game, and you feel like they win the game because of the time that Johnny Manziel was not able to be on the field because he was hurt. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was a weird football game, and it you you left thinking if A and M had like like a high a really good high school defense that they would almost go undefeated because they can't stop anyone, but they could score. I mean, right, like right now they could drop 40 on the Eagles. I mean, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a very disjointed team right now. And, and there's a lot that I could say about A&M without making it an Aggie podcast. But basically here, here's the game. Honestly, here's the game. So in, in the fourth, in the fourth quarter, right. And this is what, you know, I think, hasn't been talked about a ton about this game um, with at the kind of the 14 minute mark in the fourth quarter, Texas A&M actually took a two score lead. Um, so it's pretty incredible that they wound up losing even though they took a two score lead. And, and then what wound up happening in this, in a span of about two and a half game time minutes, um, Auburn scored two rushing touchdowns, these two long touchdown drives and in, in that, those two touchdowns were scored around the time frame when Johnny was hurt. Um, so when he came back into the game, A&M was all of a sudden, instead of being up by 10 points, they're down by four points. They score another touchdown to go down, to, to go up by three. But then, of course, Auburn goes on this long drive to win the game. So the point is, in the fourth quarter, Auburn dominated time of possession and scored three long drive rushing touchdowns, which to me, if, if A&M's defense stops one of those three drives, they win the game. And so instead, what you've got is A&M's 120th ranked defense, which I think is out of like 123 teams or something like that. <laughs> Just totally fell apart in the fourth quarter. They totally fell apart. I think they so. fell apart in preseason. Um, I will say this: most of my texts to Jordan and Jeffrey weren't actually about the game. They were just hatred spewed about Auburn that I was informing them how horrible Auburn is. Um, I will say this though: that as much as you know, I feel bad for Jordan for a them losing. Um, no, you don't. I feel bad for you. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad they lost. I feel bad for you because I know how how sad that is. Um, I like you, and so I want you to be happy. But I want you to be sports sad every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny to me is is that the the three of you, I'm including Josh here, he knows in here. I I I love that y'all make great sport out of trashing a And M. It's mostly Joel and Josh, and I really don't ever. Say anything bad about Tech or Bama. Uh, That's because you know if A and M and Tech were to play, A and M would drop a hundred on them, and it would be like horrifying to me. I mean, that's my fear of the end of this year is that Tech and A and M are going to play in the Cotton Bowl, and I'm going to have to listen to a year's worth of Aggie trash talk when they drop seventy five on my team. And did did you like 
80 to 75. I mean, so. <laughs> Jordan, did you or did you not today text a picture making fun of the University of Alabama? But not the football team. Well, no, not and much that picture was of. just – in this picture that Joel is referencing, it, is it was a picture from the, Alabama, the University of Alabama website Front that page. has an African-American gentleman with a very noticeably white hand. I mean, unmistakably white hand, and it's awesome. So it's clear that someone either photoshopped a white hand on to an African-American person, or the more likely reality, somebody photoshopped an African-American head onto a white person's body. <laughs> well, the other thing... I want that to be true. <laughs> the other thing is this, is the... The 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 hand that he's shaking hands with looks like it could be an African American hand, but the hand holding the diploma is the one that very much looks like a Caucasian hand. So, I want to say this: if 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 you're a real human being and you're out there, will you please <laughs> contact us so we can talk to you and just ask about your life in Alabama? Anyways. I want to have the African-American guy with the white hand on the podcast so bad. What happens in Tuscaloosa when you shake hands with people? That's what I want to know. Anyways, Here we go. Here we go. I'm just saying. Moving that, on. That you, you, you okay, so that. Jordan, you, you referenced tech. Uh, I will say this. I love Texas Tech. I grew up in Lubbock. I love Texas Tech. I mean, they are probably the second longest love after the Cowboys in my heart. I... I will say this. I think they're the most deceiving 7-0 and team in the history of maybe all sports. Ah, Fresno State, them, man. Fresno State. But for them to be ranked number 10 in the BCS, I mean, for them to be ranked ahead of A&M, really ahead of any SEC team that doesn't have – like, I think LSU, who who this week I mean, were embarrassed. Really, the SEC got – they beat, beat themselves up all week. But there are not a lot of SEC teams that Tech is going to be able to beat. And I love Tech, but I've watched them play every game this season, and and they are not set. They are not an SEC seven and zero. They're a Big Twelve seven and zero in a really down Big Twelve. In an easy first I mean, half scheduled Big Twelve. Oh my gosh, they haven't even played. They haven't played Oklahoma. They haven't played Baylor. I mean, and, and seven and zero is awesome, but seven and zero is meaningless when you've played no one, and they really have played no one. I mean, and saw... I think they'll I think they'll end up nine and three, and that's if you had told me before the season that Tech would end up nine and three, man, I would I would kiss you on the mouth. I would be so excited, but they are not they are not seven and zero. Right well, I mean, now. It, it's similar to Louisville's situation. They lost they they lost their first game this past week, and now they dropped down to number twenty in the BCS. And I think that's fair, and that's exactly where they should be. You know, they got a lot of excitement early because they went undefeated um, for the first you know, several games of the season, but when they finally lose, it's back to reality. Yeah. I, I think that the, the two teams in the BCS top 10 who, who honestly right now have, have absolutely no place being there other than the fact that, and Joel pointed this out earlier this week, the computers just love undefeated teams are tech and Baylor. And, and I know that that will make my Baylor fan friends very angry and they will all say, Oh, we scored 70 points four out of our five games. I would also say, sure, you scored 70 points against Buffalo, Louisiana Monroe, West Virginia, and Iowa State, okay? None, none of the teams that Baylor has played are even ranked. And 
They only put up 35 and won by 10 on Kansas State, who is similarly terrible. So I get that they have I get that they have an elite offense. I'm not knocking their offense. But just like Tech, who, you know, one of Tech's signature wins is TCU, and that's their only signature win. The the only ranked team between Texas Tech and Baylor is TCU. And so for my money, I would put Tech ahead of Baylor right now simply because they've actually beaten somebody who's ranked. That's just my opinion. You know, I, I don't think either of those teams have beaten it. So the big test for Tech this weekend is they're playing at OU. If they beat OU, they should be up there in the top 10, 12 teams. Um, and then Baylor gets them next week. And then, of course, November 16th, we get Baylor and Tech. So it's it's all coming to a head in the next two weeks anyways. But right now, I don't think those two teams should be in the top 10. I mean, just looking at the top 10, I mean, number one is Alabama. Roll tight, as it should be. Number two is Florida State, then Oregon. So wrong. It's interesting that Florida State is oh, Hey, hold on. Let's Oregon. go back to Alabama. Hang on. I'm just going to – let me read the top 10 on, and then we'll move hold on. on. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, this is the Book the Bear podcast. Let's book the bear a little bit. In, the, in their biggest signature win, they look like garbage against an A&M team. I mean, they barely escaped against an Aggie team that really was still trying to find its identity and who has given up a gajillion points to everybody. Well, you could say like, the same thing for Alabama's identity. You could say the exact same thing Alabama's still trying to find their identity. I mean, they've significantly no, they're not. They still got, they got, They're the same team that they've been the last no, four years. No, they're not. Pay attention to any of their games. I mean, the fact that they Who's have their quarterback? three freshmen. Okay, one player on an entire team? Who's their running back? Is it T.J. Yeldon, the same guy that was there last year? Yeah, but they run eight backs a game almost. I'm just saying this is a far more overrated Alabama team than there have been. And I have, I, I think that Alabama teams in years past have been dominant. I think Alabama teams in like this year, I think if you see them in the national championship game against Oregon, which is what it's looking like, they should be worried. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I mean, it's first of all, I think Alabama should be the number one team in the country because they came in ranked that way. They haven't lost to anybody yet. The closest they got was to Texas A&M, who at the time was the number six team in the country. And you can't knock you know you can't knock Alabama for that. They took care of business against a top ten team. And so I don't have a problem necessarily with them being in, being in the number one spot. I think for for me, the most intriguing game left on Alabama's schedule is, well, of course there's LSU, but I'm really interested to see what happens in the Iron Bowl because they play at Auburn, and like it or not, Auburn has the best rushing attack. They have the best run game in the SEC. I think that's going to be a really telling game if Auburn winds up being – because just real frankly, Auburn kicked A&M's butt. Uh, The score, I think, was very deceptive. And and, – I think that's going to be a really telling game. I think Alabama has some ha, do, does have some concerns, especially against if they face another up-tempo offense like Oregon or Florida State that has a competent defense. Yeah, I, I don't know that you can call them a lock to to to, to finish the the season undefeated and as the champions this year. I'll tell you, as an Alabama fan who watches them, and they do get better because this is. The- can we say irrational Alabama fans? Because I think that needs to be put in front of them. I don't think irrational. I mean, There's no other kind of Alabama fan. Got him. There's no other kind of Aggie. I, I would disagree with that. Go ahead. Go, anyway, move on. Moving Go on. Ahead. Moving on. Uh, watching them, they do. They have gotten better every week. This is the first game where I haven't been frustrated with how they've played the first quarter. The first game this past week against Arkansas. 
And regardless of how their defense has played, the A&M game was the best showing of their offense maybe that I've ever seen in my Against entire life. Against basically a JV defense, which, yeah, is but what they, Alan, but, which is what A&M is fielding. But sure, but they played different. They played quick. AJ McCarron They gave up a million huge. points to Ole Miss. They gave up a million points this last week to Auburn. I mean, they're giving up a million points to anyone they face. Yeah, but I'm saying that Alabama changed their offense to keep pace because a normal-paced Alabama offense just wouldn't have enough time to score that many points. Because, because they, they knew if they kept going, they could score a gajillion points like everyone is, else. All I'm saying is that they changed it for that game, and it was a smart play to change it. Um, I'm just saying but, at the end of this year, Alabama should be more worried than they've been in a long time. If you let me finish the, my thoughts, the teams I have that thoughts they, that I'm going to finish. Because I'll tell you the teams okay, that I'm worried about. The te- Go ahead then. What okay. teams are you worried about? I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried about Tennessee this week after they beat South Carolina. Um, I'm for sure, absolutely worried about LSU because there's some bad blood there. And I mean, LSU losing this past week, I think, was a little bit of a fluke. Um, I said it last week, and I'll I'll say it again this week. I think Ole Miss is a little bit better than anybody gives them credit for. Um, and I'm absolutely. Um, I'm not. I'm not really worried about if they can go the whole way and get to the SEC championship. I'm not really even worried about Mizzou. I am worried about Oregon, though. I would much rather play Florida State. I sure as heck would rather play Ohio State than Oregon. No, man. Here's the deal: the 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 team right now, if they keep playing the way that they're playing, that is easily, in my opinion, Alabama's biggest threat is Florida State. You're talking about a team. For real, did you see Florida State give up? I mean, they, they won by like a million against the number three team in the country. Clemson was overrated. See, here's the thing. I don't know if you can say that about Clemson. At the time, talking about a team that's still quarterbacked by a guy that many people think is or at least was a Heisman contender. At the end of the day, Florida State crushed the number three team in the country 51 51- to 14. I just think Florida State's the most complete team on in the, the road. country right now. Uh, on the road. I think Florida State's the most complete team in the country other than Alabama. Eventually, I think that winds up being the national championship game, and I think it's going to be a heck of a game, and I think it's going to put a big scare into Alabama. Look, one of Clemson's big early victories that launched them to the head of the rankings was their victory over Georgia, who this week lost to Vanderbilt. And, I mean, I thought I thought that Georgia was going to be the team to beat this year. Obviously, I was wrong. I don't think they're talented enough. So I think Clemson was a little overrated. Um, I mean, they're a good team, um, but I just don't think that they were. I mean, I, I mean, there's no way they were near the caliber that Florida State or Oregon or Alabama um, or even Mizzou. I don't think um, is that. So th- there was also a lot of upsets. We do want to point out also in college football this week. LSU lost. Um, Georgia, again, we we talked about they lost. A&M lost. Louisville lost. UCLA, they were undefeated, right? Didn't they lost too? Yes, yes. I think it was something like nine top 15 teams lost this week, which is just – Basically, the, the SEC killed themselves this week. Yeah, which is – Everyone the, beat each other. That, that's exactly the problem the SEC used to have when Ohio State and UT were – going to national championship games is the SEC wouldn't get there because they would just beat each other all up. 
But anyways. Yeah, so so here's here are the, the 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 top ten teams that lost this week. Uh number eight Louisville lost. It's important to point out that number eleven South Carolina lost. Number fifteen Georgia lost. Um and then let's see, then you get to the real big upsets like um UCLA number nine, UCLA losing, number seven, Texas A and M losing. Number four, Ohio State only beat Iowa by ten, so they're not looking great. LSU number six lost to to Ole Miss, um, and um, then number three Clemson lost to Florida State, which we've already talked about. So I think Ohio State lots of lots of movement in the standings. I think Ohio State is just as overrated as the NBA preseason. I would disagree with that. I think Ohio State's really overrated, and I think the NBA preseason doesn't even rank on the overrated scale. It's so boring, like. Even the MLB spring training is more entertaining because at least they play players you care about that are going to be like in Double A, and that's not the case in the NBA. It's it's a bunch of nobodies that are about to get cut, and no one ever cares about. So we're not going to talk about the NBA yet because they don't matter and no one cares about them. Oh, I was just talking about how the what, NBA was preseason was overrated as actually a professional sport. Oh no! It, it's like it's like a JV professional sport. It's like, I mean, sadly, it's like what uh, soccer is still, like MLS still is in America. I mean, I really like MLS. I like FC Dallas. I like soccer. I love soccer, but until MLS becomes semi-relevant, it's going to be considered not a real sport. And right now, they're not becoming semi-relevant. Although, I will say this. Soccer, and this is the only soccer point we're going to hit today. They outdrew attendance-wise. They outdrew the NHL this year, so they would have been they would have been third. I mean, fourth after the NHL, the in the NBA, and the MLB this year. So they were fourth of the of the major sports. So that's still, but but not really. I mean, that's like being the ugliest girl at the prom. It's like. Whatever, but MLB, <laughs> we we have a World Series now. Uh, we have a World Series that that in part we wanted to see and in part we didn't want to see. It's it is the Cardinals versus the I mean the hated Cardinals versus the stinking Detroit Tigers. Uh, guys, what are your predictions for the World Series? Uh, the New York Yankees, right? Oh wait, they didn't make the playoffs, huh? Oh, they didn't, they didn't even make any of the playoffs. Oh, that was a Yankees joke. I didn't that, follow them set up. I just It is weird that they didn't make the playoffs. I just I mean, like that they didn't make the playoffs. Is it weird that they're terrible now? I don't know. That's a whole other discussion. Joel, you want to make a prediction? Um, Here's the deal. I, with all of me, want the Cardinals to lose. And I really want Boston to win. And I'm going to root for Boston to win. But I don't think Boston's going to win. I think the Cardinals are going to take it. And I think they're going to take it. Um, you know, I'm only going to give the Red Sox one game. So, Wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, as much as I don't want that, and I would be so happy if y'all got on next week and told me how wrong I was, and I will let you laugh at me. And I just want to be wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be. I don't I'm not enough of a baseball fan to watch this World Series. I get that there is a ton of history with these two teams, two two of maybe the top 5 most historic teams in all of baseball. I understand that. 
But like I said last week, when it's football season, I'm thinking about football. So this is a very cursory prediction. Absolutely no data to back it up. But I'm going to go out on a really wild limb, and I'm going to say the Sox sweep the Cardinals to win the World Series. I would love for you to be right. I really hope you're right. I agree with Joel. I want you to be right so bad. I will never forgive the Cardinals. I never forgive the Cardinals for G-A-M-E space S-I-X. Game six. I'll yes. never for- no, shut up, Joel. I'll never forgive them. Never. But I feel like they're a better – I feel like their pitching staff is better, and that tends to be what wins the World Series. And so I, I, I'm going to take Cardinals in six, although I want it to be – I want it to be the Red Sox in four, in five, in six, or in seven. I don't really care. I just don't want the. I do not want to see the Cardinals celebrate again. Yeah. I, before we before we uh, take a take a transition to the game, which I'm very excited for because it's still a mystery. I would just say there is 100. It is 100 percent accurate to say that I am picking the Red Sox to sweep because I don't want to predict that the Cardinals win a game. That's all I have to say about that. All right, so game time, right? It's game time. Uh, Jeffrey, tell us about your game. So the game this week, one of my favorite podcasts, I listen to the Total Soccer Show podcast. You can find them at at Total Soccer Show on Twitter. Uh, you can also search Total Soccer Show on on uh, in iTunes, and they'll it'll pull up their podcast. It's a really fun podcast if you like um, soccer. Uh, they it's a bunch of different co-hosts. They do a great job, but they play a game called the Wikipedia game. And the Wikipedia game is basically this: they they pick a soccer player, and and they give out clues about that player. And people try to bet on how many teams they need to know from that player to determine who that player is. So, like, say it's it's a player that you really know. You could actually go into the, I can name you who the player is, and I can name you two of their teams that they played for. So what we're going to play today is we are going to play an all-sports Wikipedia game where you get to tell me what sport you would like it can be the nba with the the categories we have are the nba the nfl and mlb you get to pick what category you would like i'll give you clues and then you find the you try to figure out who the player is if you figure out who the player is and you can name his teams then you can say i i think i can name the player and two of his teams y'all understand jordan joel Got it. Are we allowed to like go look at Wikipedia or no? We're not supposed to do this. No, no, that would be cheating. I, w- I will encourage you to before <laughs> we start the game. Really, if you like soccer in any little bit, check out the Total Soccer Show podcast. It's an awesome podcast. They do a great job. I asked them if I could play the Wikipedia game because it's kind of their staple, and they were like, "Yeah, play it. Whatever. It's great." So, Joel, you good? I'm gonna get destroyed in this game. Jordan is significantly more prepared for this game than I am. I don't know. I I picked players that I th- I felt like would be an even playing field, knowing that knowing that there are some sports you don't like as much as others. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with NBA. I'm gonna, All right. I'm, no, I'm sorry, sir. I meant MLB. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna say <laughs> we're gonna play the first person to. We'll play the first person to two. Are we doing buzzwords? All right. This player wait, wait, are we has doing, nine. Oh wait, wait. Are we doing buzzwords? 
No, you don't have to. Because what we'll start with since Joel, since you picked MLB, Jordan gets to to say how many he's going to bet. So, like when I give all of his when I give all of his clues, Jordan can say I need to know seven teams, and then Joel, you get to say I need to know six teams, and we'll just go back and forth like that until we get to Jordan saying I I know the player and I can name you two of his teams. Got it? No, but let's try it. All right. Here is the first player. He was selected first in the 1999 MLB draft. Uh, Josh Beckett was selected second. He played in the 2000 Futures games. He was left off the 40-man roster for a team and was immediately selected and then traded to a team that he ended up making his MLB debut for. He had a 71-year-old man throw him batting practice in a home run derby. He also became the sixth player in history and the first American League player in 107 years to receive an intentional walk with the bases loaded because they didn't want to face him. The team he was facing that day was the Tampa Bay Race. He has an AL MVP, an ALCS MVP. He is a five-time All-Star, and he is also a current player. He is a player that both of you will know absolutely Jordan, how many teams do you need to know to name this player? Zero. Joel, can can you tell me who the player is and at least one of his teams? He has nine teams. Joel? Hang on, I'm thinking. You're picking an AO person. I don't... Um... I have absolutely zero idea. Prince Fielder. No, no, you don't have to name his name. You just have to say, no, I can't, and then you tell Jordan to name that player. I can. I can name it. Who is it? Prince Fielder. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong, Jordan. Who is it? The answer is Josh Hamilton. That is correct. It is Josh Hamilton. Yes! (laughs) All right, Jordan has one, and... And Jordan gets to pick the next category. Jordan, we have another MLB player, but we also have an NFL player and an NBA player. I'm going to lose this game. Is your other MLB player another American League person? No. The other MLB player is somebody that I I feel confident that you would probably get. But Okay. Okay. Pick the NBA. Pick the NBA. Pick the NBA? I'm thinking about picking the, the MLB because – then maybe it gets more competitive if you get another if you get a point and then we're tied. All right, you want to do that, Jordan? Yeah, give us the other baseball player. All right, this baseball player has five teams that you can name. He is a twenty-five-time All Star. He has three Gold Glove, three Gold Glove awards. His number is retired by two different major league teams. He was inducted first ballot into the Hall of Fame with 97.83% of the vote, which is second all-time to Lou Gehrig. He lives near Atlanta, Georgia. He was the ALCS MVP in 1957. He owns multiple car dealerships. He made a Super Bowl commercial with a very famous MLB steroid user. (laughs) And he has over 3,000 hits and 700 home runs. He has five teams. 
Joel, how many teams do you need to know to name that player? There's a couple of your clues that are confusing me. I'm you can not... say five and then make Jordan either go lower or tell you to name that player. I'll say five. Let's see what Jordan can do. So now I say how many teams I need to know? You do. Or you can tell Joel to name that player. I'm going to say I need one team. One team? So yeah. my only option is to either name the player. Or you can say you need zero teams, and you can just name – yeah, and you can – Put the ball back in Jordan's court, which then means he has to name the player and one of the teams he played for. He has to name, but he has to name one of the teams he played for too. Yep. If you say I can name the player and zero teams, then Jordan can either tell tell you to name that player, or he can say I can name the player and a team he played for. This is a good game. I like this game. It's a fantastic like on the soccer on the total soccer show, it is a game that has made me far more intelligent and also made me feel like an idiot multiple times. Joel, what would you like to do? All right, Jordan. I want you to name the player. All right, Jordan, the team that you get is the Indianapolis Clowns. <laughs> Dang it, I knew it. Oh, man. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible tactical mistake on my part to get the Indianapolis Clowns. Can I, can I ask you to repeat a trivia real quick? I will repeat all of them. Okay, just the only way me. I'll do it. I'm not going to tell you point out, We're, at, we're at 53 minutes on our podcast. That's great. He is a 25-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner. He has his number retired by two teams. He is a first bout Hall of Famer with the second highest total percentage, second to Lou Gehrig. He lives near Atlanta, Georgia. He was an NL MVP in 1957. He has multiple, or he has a Super Bowl commercial with a famous steroid user. He owns multiple car dealerships, and he has over 3,000 hits and 700 home runs. Okay, I am going. To guess. I have to just guess a player or a player and team. You just have to guess a player. Wait, why does I'm he have gonna, to say a team? I'm going to go with Henry Lewis Hank Aaron. Dang it. Jordan with the win. It is Henry <laughs> Lewis Hank okay. Aaron, nicknamed The Hammer. I don't understand, then, what was the benefit of me asking him to name it. I don't know why you named it either. You didn't have to. You could have said, I can name it, and no teams. He got a free team. Granted, the team he was told was the Indianapolis Clowns. See, but, I guess, I guess, when, but he knew, I guess when, when I thought that he had to name a team, like that was he had to name one of the teams he played on, not that all right, he let's, got let's do the All right, let's do the NFL one as like an all or nothing. All right, this gentleman, he is from the great state of Texas. His dad played college basketball for – Texas A&M University. Uh, he was the Texas High School 5A Most Valuable Offensive Player. He was the Alamo Bowl MVP, the Outback Bowl MVP, the Big Den MVP. He won the Maxwell Award as the nation's most outstanding player in the year 2000. He slipped in the NFL draft due to worries about his arm strength and his height. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, 
two-time NF NFC MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP and champion. He was the Sportsman of the Year in 2010. He holds the current NFL all-time single-season passing yardage. He also holds the current NFL all-time highest completion percentage for a quarterback. He is a current player who has four teams. Jordan, how many teams do you need to know from this player to be able to name it? Zero. Joel, can you name the player and at least one team? And if so, you could challenge it back to Jordan. Yes. I can name okay, the so player Jordan. and one team. Can you name the player and two teams? Yes. Joel, can you name the player, his two teams, and either where he played college or high school football? I think so, yes. Okay, Jordan, can you name the player where he played both times in the NFL, his high school, and his and his college football? Unbelievably, the answer to that question is yes. I can name all of those things. Jordan, tell me who the player is and all four teams that he's played for over the course of his career. The player is Drew Brees. He, he played high school football at Austin Westlake. From there, he was poorly recruited and went to Purdue. Out of Purdue, like you said, he slipped in the draft due to, prim primarily due to height concerns and first went to the San Diego Chargers, injured his shoulder, and then was signed by the New Orleans Saints where he currently plays football. Jordan, congratulations. You are the very first winner of the All Sports Wikipedia Ooh, game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the Wikipedia game. I, never I feel like it should why... come around every once in a while. I don't understand why I can't I can't ever answer the question. Like <laughs> I don't understand how I don't get the answer ever. Well well in part because you messed up once, and then in second part because he only Drew Brees only played for a certain amount of teams. I knew that one too. Actually, I knew the last two. Did we? Did we lose George? No, here. Yes, I am here, and I am also going to officially start signing off. Thanks so much for listening to the Poke the Bear podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at at all lowercase Jordan Zemer Z I E M E R for all of your Aggie football tweet needs. Jeffrey. You can find me at, at Jeffrey Turner G E O F F R E Y Turner, like everyone spells Turner. Uh, sports stuff, you'll find me a lot of random sports stuff and, and not a lot of sports hate. Joel? Uh, you can follow my sports Twitter at underscore VJNW. Follow me there. I talk about Alabama real time. We want to thank you again for tuning in to the Poker Bear podcast, where my opinion is better than yours.